<laughs> so you see, the Punisher is what it's like to be a veteran in the US, yeah? yeah. Luke Cage is, is what it's like to be black in the US, yeah? yeah? Jessica Jones is what it's like to be a woman recovering from trauma. Yeah. Daredevil's what it's like to have a disability and work through it. And Iron Fist is about being a sad, white, rich man <laughs> whose life is hard. <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh, it's... Oh, oh, yeah, lessons. Yeah. I stole that from Tumblr. Oh. Um, oh, and it won't be the last thing I steal from Tumblr today. Okay, because I'm about to fill our listeners' ears with useless crap. Yeah, <laughs> ladies well, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Big Damn Cast. I am Big Damn Christ, aka the one whose elbows may or may not be an optical illusion. I am Big Damn Matt, the one whose knees are made of cheese. Um. <laughs> and they're aimed to please. <laughs> they do. And and boy, do they please. Um, We have Very got handy. one big topic and a couple of little things to talk about this week. Um, We are, of course, delving deep into the latest release in the DCEU. That is mm. the Justice League movie. The long-awaited, much-debated Justice League. But before that, before we descend into that pit of madness and vipers and other things that we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> we should. We are going to talk um, briefly about the new Punisher Netflix series. Uh, briefly, because we've not, mm-hmm. but both of us haven't had time to finish it yet. Um, and we are also going to talk um, even probably more briefly about the biggest news story this week in the in the nerd sphere, which is that there's been another shockingly large and unexpected changing of the guard over at Marvel Comics. Indeed he do. Um, in a way where it makes you wonder, are people jumping from the ship before an iceberg hits? Or who and, knows? You know, I wouldn't think so, because they, they, they seem to be doing pretty well over there, especially <laughs> after the Disney takeover. But Axel Alonso, after six years in the role, has stepped down as editor-in-chief only for C.B. Sabulski, who's been a... a, a well-regarded editor at Marvel for years and years and years, and um, one of their main talent scouts, really. Um, He has stepped up to the role of editor-in-chief. So, that's new and different, and (laughs) with Bendis jumping ship across to DC, that's... uh, Things are changing over at the House of Ideas. Yeah, quite a few shifts here, especially in terms of positions of of, of great responsibility. Because mm. uh, Bendis obviously being across so many books as as writer and, and sole writer of like so, so many works, and um, you know Alonso, you know being the being the being the J Jonah Jameson of this bitch. Yeah, like it seems very odd, uh, and also um, put it this way. It was very sudden to to readers to find out, but let's just hope that obviously Marvel have known about both of these departures for a long while and have plans in place. Well, I would imagine so because uh, because the the yeah. announcement of Alonso stepping down also included CB Sabulski moving up to editor in chief. Okay, so they'd already okay. that 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 like happened simultaneously. Was, yeah, it's not like he just went. I just fancy a change. Bye, everyone. Grabbed his coat and just left the building. They're all like, Wait, "Well, what?" It might, it might have been that, but you know, at least they got ahead of it. <laughs> Maybe Borsky was in like a glass case next to the editor in chief's desk, and they just bro- broke him out for the occasion. Probably. Well, he spent he spent most of the last couple of years in China trying to like make Marvel Comics a thing in China, because that's been one of his responsibilities. Um, at the company is is moving 
the business into new markets and making it more international and so yeah. it's he's he's very much an ambassador for the brand yeah. so um it's it's an interesting it's an interesting pick and a um, by all accounts, there's been a lot of reaction to it from people in the industry. It's a it's a good pick, and um, a well a well loved man in the industry is CB Sabulski. Um On the Brian Michael Bendis front, he has also recently said that he has chosen his replacement for the Jessica Jones ongoing book, mm. but he's not ready to veal, reveal who she is. But all at the same time, making a bit of an announcement there, all the yeah. same. Oh, a that's female cool. writer is taking over Jessica Jones. That's um, pretty cool, and and again, not just sort of for reasons of you know diversifying the industry, but also a book with a female lead, a female writer, probably is going to be able to bring a, a dimension to that that Bendis even himself wouldn't have brought. Of the female so, writers that I know uh, of, if it's if it's a known writer, my mind immediately jumps to Kelly Sue DeConnick. But we shall see. Oh, she would be quite good, actually. She's very good. Hmm. Um, and could and could deal with sort of like that, you know, more gritty sort of street level stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So that should be. Okay. I mean, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. I think he's. I think his last books. I'm not sure if his last books come out in December or if he's writing up until December. Yeah. But um, either way, he's we're coming to the end of his of his Marvel reign. The reign of Bendis. So, you know, changes are in the air over at Marvel. Um, and with their recent announcement of their net of a new Marvel show on the new Disney Channel, it was also stated that the Netflix shows are staying where they are for now. Okie dokie. Ah, yes, of course, because there was a bit of a uh, yeah. skewiffle, wasn't there, about where everything was going to be. But then the latest um, one of those has just dropped. It has indeed. This weekend now- gone. Um... The Punisher beware, is here. ladies and gentlemen. Beware, ladies and gentlemen, as we delve into Frank Castle's scullied vest uh, for minor spoilers. Yeah, very I think minor spoilers. You've only seen the first four. I've only seen the first six, so it's not a mm. great deal to spoil. Um, yeah, and we'll probably go a lot more in depth next week. I imagine we'll, we'll uh, touch more we'll have, on the Punisher. We'll both have finished it by then. So, um, yeah, because of course this past Friday was a triple threat in terms of geek culture releases i don't think either of us are going to be covering star wars battlefront 2 though so no but i had both for that listeners i had pokemon ultra sun come out so oh my god it was was a quadruple threat it was a quadruple threat um (laughs) so yeah there was a lot going on on friday (laughs) yeah and i saw murder on the orient express on thursday night as well so oh i was gonna go see that today and then i woke up too late (laughs) so i'll probably see it it's pretty good man it's pretty good Do you yeah. find out who did it? Um, you do find out, in fact, who done it. Oh my god! They should they should name a genre after that. I know, right? <laughs> um, right. Runners Tash. The Punisher. Early as we are, what do you think of it so far? Rubbish. To our younger listeners, that was not Matt's actual review. No. <laughs> he was referencing. An old school joke. A very a classic comedy double. Um, <laughs> old joke. Old ass joke. Um, oh god, but old ones are the best ones. Um, well, no, the old ones are just the old ones. Old ones are the old ones. The old ones um, are coming and they will consume our little world as if it were but a morsel. As if it were, as if it merely were tissue paper to their already <laughs> wetted lips from the blood of their feast. We're merely just being torn asunder atop their plump 
juicy mouth holes. We are but capers atop their <laughs> roast pig. Um, oh my god. Um, so what are we doing? Of Punisher. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I really am I'm enjoying it. It's, it is sort of... I don't think uncomfortable is the right word, but it's tough viewing. It's not bleak. Because of, it's not because really, it really works. bleak. That's it, yeah. That's it. It's, it's a bleak show. Like, the Netflix shows don't really have any vibe other than that, I suppose. Defenders felt a little bit more like a party. Um, and certain th- certain elements of Luke Cage, especially its soundtrack, made that feel like a show with a bit more levity. Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't comment on Iron Fist um, because, like, 95% of the population didn't really, didn't really bother. Um, yeah, did, but, you don't need to, mate. <laughs> didn't really bother. You, 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 took the, you took the hit for me. I did. I took, um, I took that bullet. My sweet summer child. And, um, yeah, I... So there is already kind of a... This, this is the MCU's quote-unquote dark and gritty arm. But that's fine because it's episodic television where we get to actually yeah. develop dread and, and develop these feelings. Wait, of, of, wait, they're doing know, a dread fear. series? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, hopefully, eventually. Mega City 1 or whatever. Any version, I'll take it. Just, just but, something. Um, yeah. But that, that's what's nice about this one is, is um, it's, it's a sequel. Like, Frank's story is told in flashbacks in Daredevil Season 2. Mm-hmm. And there's some flashbacks to sort of prior to that in this that fill out a little bit more what he was doing with that group and why everybody would be trying to sort of wipe the others out and, and whatnot in the aftermath. Um, this series definitely deals with his, you know, if you want to call it superhero origin, because it does focus a lot on that that fateful day with his family and everything. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously his motivations, but, um, I wouldn't go into the Punisher cold. If you guys haven't seen Daredevil series two, or at least the first four or five eps of Daredevil series two, I'd watch them first. Um, because this does feel almost like, um, one giant juicy epilogue to that story. Yeah. It absolutely spins out of what goes on in Daredevil season two. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I mean, the I opening, mean, the opening scenes two anyway, because it's fucking great, but yeah. Well, like the opening scenes of this are him checking the last two people off his list and then retiring the Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opening of the show. You're like, Oh, hang on. Isn't this episode one of the Punisher? Ev- everybody is dead. <laughs> Dave, everybody is dead, dead. Dave, everybody is dead. <laughs> you trying to tell me everyone's dead? Everyone um, is dead. But, yeah, it, it's it's a really nice, strong start. It shows off how skilled this guy is. And then it sort of cuts ahead, like, presumably about, you know, six months a year. It says six months. Um, six months, yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 it's sort of this perfectly kind of... It's the closest Frank Castle would ever get to being content... Even though that's not the right word for it. Yeah. Like, he's dealing with his demons himself. He's he's spending some time with at least one, like, you know, friend from the military. Like, not not a lot of time, but checking up on him. Um, and he's working a job that lets him take out all that anger and rage without actually having to point a weapon at a, at a person or take a life. And he's content... But miserable uh, as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's one of those. He's never he, really he going to get. He could. Yeah, he's he could never... live to the end of his days like this. Yeah, because it means he's out of harm's way and he's taking out his aggression. Yeah, 
but then somebody notices him and the the story begins um i just spent the majority of that pilot wanting to beat the crap out of the uh the, the dickheads at the construction site oh i i, I take it you were you were eventually satisfied then huh oh good lord yes <laughs> um we well, just watched it you just like these guys are assholes. Yeah. And they try to humanize them slightly, but not enough that you'll feel bad when he obviously snaps out of it and goes, oh, fuck it, I'm getting my hands dirty again. Yeah, every, every, <laughs> so it's like, fair enough. <laughs> everyone in this show, except, with the possible exception of, of Karen, and yeah. who also uh, returns, and the Lieberman mm-hmm. family. Yes, yeah. That's really good. They're, like, they're, oh, they're kind of assholes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not a show of heroes. No, absolutely not. Which I mean, is what I was worried Fra- about. Like, even, even as two, um, I mean, one of them, uh, as far as episode four, one of them doesn't know he's still around. But obviously, the guy who runs this port group does. Like, two of the people who have who fought alongside him, like in the past and stuff, both express regret that he never got in touch with them when he was on his vengeance mission, because they would have helped. Like, it was like even they're like they're doing it for the right reasons because you know they feel that these bastards need to pay. Yeah. But it still means that they're going to kill some people. So it's like, but, I mean, it's, and, it, oh. and it raises some interesting moral questions as well. Mm. Um, I think um, you probably haven't seen a, too much of it yet, but the relationship between um, between Frank and Micro is really interesting. Yeah, because um, because I I was a bit I'll I'll say this like uh, because of what I know of Punisher. Yeah, like what I have read and what what you know what versions of him I've seen adapted before, like Micro. Slash, my, he's he's been called Microchip before. I believe he? so. Yeah, he's just got yeah. Micro in this. Um, like his relationship with Micro, I I was spending that first couple of episodes going, oh cool, so like this is a getting the band together kind of thing of, and this is how they got to know each other. But by episode four, I'm like, oh no, like they're working together because they're both ghosts. Yeah, and and Frank's reluctant, at least by episode four. But like Micro's like has openly reached out to him to try and make a friend. Um, you know, get someone on side. But they, th- this is not a partnership, really. Frank gets to take care of Micro's family a bit, which Micro can't do. And it's just like, it's, I mean, which is fun because obviously it means that it's like, oh, I can, I can now communicate with them directly in a way, you know, through Frank. Um, like find out stuff and make sure they're okay. But at the same time, you can just see already the jealousy. Uh, and it doesn't help that the first time Frank met his family was because he was, it was basically for for like collateral he was going there he was going there to send the message of i know where they live i can get to them this easily don't test me <laughs> dark man <laughs> john bernthal obviously is back as punisher good lord he's brilliant mm. oh my god i mean he was great in daredevil but in daredevil he was playing the role of secondary antagonist he's wonderful in this he's absolutely wonderful yeah like he's gone from being sort of of, of story arc character slash secondary villain of the series to like you know the the lead we're following completely and this guy is carrying baggage like you feel it you feel it so much and just like oh god i can't imagine just from an acting standpoint how absolutely knackered his body and especially his throat must have been oh god certain sequences yeah He's just bellowing, like he's just getting rid of everything when he's smashing that wall to pieces, and then when you see like the 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 assault, the flashback on on the um the 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 the, the special ops mission in the third episode, where he's just screaming mm-hmm. through the gunfire. It's like, oh my god! 
How are you alive? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful, <laughs> terrible, and terrifying thing. It is. Um, He's brilliant. I I just I this is our what our fourth live action interpretation of the Punisher is, is John, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, yeah. Dolph Lundgren was the first one in all in everything um, in nothing but name. Yeah, I pretty suppose. much. Um, then Thomas Jane 2004 does a pretty decent job. Yeah, that, um, that Thomas Jane movie is deeply flawed, but I have a soft spot for it. Yeah, I can't, I can't help but like it. It's sort of, it, it, it's a 90s comic book movie in that the main attraction appears to be, and here's your guest star, John Travolta, as uh, the villain. The villain. Uh, and he's a lot of fun, but he does sort of steal a lot of the movie in, in that, you know, 90s Batman movie kind of way. Yeah. Um... But it's, it's pretty good. I mean, the whole stuff with the Russian and everything is is freaking amazing. <laughs> the fight in the apartment <laughs> block, um, uh, and what do you call it? And Punisher uh, Warzone, yeah, is really good. I love Punisher Warzone. It is. I watched it not long ago, actually. Uh, again, it is mm. <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Yeah, just... that's the thing. That, that's the thing, though. It's not deep storytelling. It's just. Want to see a violent movie with a character that's sort of uh, like that one from the comics you know about? Enjoy. And also, <laughs> um, Jigsaw is just Dominic West <laughs> the... just having the best time. Jigsaw is the most. He's just. The, he's just. <laughs> there's a, he's just a lot, right? He's just. He's just a lot. And yeah, it still doesn't sort of like distract you like John Travolta did in the previous one. Well, <laughs> this guy's hair face is cut up and everything, and yet he's still not as distracting as the guy in the last one. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I, I enjoy them, but but Bernthal, like you know, uh, Ray Stevenson in that was a lot of fun, but like Bernthal's just well, this is the most grounded take on the character we've had. Like it's. it's... The most realistic. Um... What do you mean? Spider-Man the Animated Series was the most grounded one, of course, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. Everyone yeah, with his, with, his band, with his bandana and his microchip who looked like comic book guy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And the fact that he only used, like, ray guns and nets. Yeah. He punishes <laughs> with bondage. Spankings. Um... <laughs> Lashings of spanking. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's got issues, all right. I'm not going to defend it. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Listen, this series is pretty good, and I've yet to finish it, so it could shit itself. But I like it so far. Is that's Do my we... that's my that's my word on it for now. What? How many episodes is it? Is it twelve? It's a, it's a full thirteen, I think. I might be twelve. But it's a okay. Full, it's, um, uh, yeah. What uh, do we predict the the Netflix slump? Yes. Because yeah, I, I've I've got a feeling that we're going to get the Netflix. Slump. I I predict yeah. the Netflix slump. Um, we might. I am worried that we're not going to get any proper Punisher until towards the end of the show, when we should just be punishing straight away. <laughs> and we sort just of dishing. are, and then we're not. Yeah. And I want us to get yeah. punishing again properly. Yeah, you you don't want the show to glorify the violence, but you want it to at least indulge in it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more next week, but I. Like I say, I'm on episode six, going into episode seven, and I, I, I suspect we might be getting a similar sort of structure to the Luke Cage series, where mm-hmm. he spends a couple of episodes in the middle of the series, like not really being able to do much. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes, and we'll. But what I don't know too much about the plot going forward. But did you notice the Marnucci reference in the first one? I also did. Do you also notice the the name of one of his best friends? 
Uh, oh, sh- snap. No, when? What? Huh? Hmm? So the guy who, who runs the um, the the private military company, who is Frank's best mate. Yeah. He's called Billy Russo. Billy Russo. Billy Russo. That's Jigsaw. What? <laughs> Wait, what? J- J- Jigsaw's real name is Billy Russo. So they, well, they, they freaking snuck that in, didn't oh, they? Oh, yes, they did. Oh, my God. So they're going to save that for later, I'm assuming. We, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, I don't know if we'll if we'll get Jigsaw, but that yeah, that's Billy Russo. Oh, my God. That adds that adds a whole freaking new level to that character, then. If it's literally someone who's, who's fought alongside him and like has respect for him and everything. Oh, that makes him even more of a twisted mirror. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that could be good. We'll see where that goes, and then next week we shall dive into the Netflix Punisher series and just get all covered in it and and gooey and that <laughs> and bloody and whatever. You know how the last episode ended? The last episode, the first episode ended with with the last line: "Someone going, welcome back, Frank." Yes, yeah, yeah. How how it was name dropping summer that everyone loves about that character. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you know what else uh, had a character deliver a line at the end of a scene that was a reference to something everyone liked about that character but didn't deserve it because the product that it was in was absolutely dreadful throughout. Uh, are you perhaps talking about the the latest cinematic release from Warner Brothers, um, the League of Justice, the League of Justice? Lovely man. All of them. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, right, I should I should start up front by saying that, okay, this is not as bad as BVS or Suicide Squad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's saying much, though. <laughs> that's really not saying much. I think it's hovering at like 43% on Rotten Tomatoes or something at the moment. After mm. it had been held back as well. Yeah. Oh, God. Like they'd yeah. held back. Did you like we were saying last week, wasn't it? They're going to yeah. announce it. It's like, good luck. Like, what a stupid move if oh, it's, it's been getting terrible reviews. Yeah. It's I bet been... they didn't. I bet on that live thing or whatever it was on the Friday, I bet they just like were like, oh, and it's out now. Okay, so, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, didn't focus on it. It has got a um, real battering in the, in the mm. press. And I am... I am happy to confirm that it deserved most of that battering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not good. No, it's not. Um, okay, spoiler free for a while, fam, and then we'll get into some spoiler territory for those who still want to go and see it. Um, but yeah, Justice League, uh, I summed it up in my YouTube review at the beginning as uh, it's a 2017 PlayStation 1 cutscene. Yeah, it's... It's just a whirlwind of CGI set pieces and backgrounds and 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 physics that just are, are as are as um, tonally deaf as the script. There's just way too much CGI in it. There's just too much. This is what I said on Twitter when I got attacked back in March by by really defensive DC fans. They were like, you know, it's just we don't like a big CGI mess. What do you call it? Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like. A coherent visual piece of film. Yeah. I can see everything that's happening in that. Uh, also, you can't shoot on location in space. You can't. Um, that's true. So, so um, there we go. Um, it's just... Oh, God. Right, so the basics, for those who don't know, um, set 
several months after the events of Batman v Superman. Dawn of um, Justice. Yeah, Batman and uh, Diana Prince, uh, aka Wonder Woman, and a few others get wind of an oncoming force, a, a, a creature known as Steppenwolf, who apparently attacked our world, you know, eons before, to claim these powerful items known as Mother Boxes. He needs three of them, and once he has them, he's going to bring his homeworld apocalypse to Earth. Uh, so Batman and Super, Batman and Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman, are like right. Well, we need a team to fight him. Let's recruit those three other people who were in those zip files in the last movie. <laughs> so they go to recruit the uh, the the um, gift squad um, uh, press pack, and with varying levels of success, eventually they manage to get the other three on board. But even after facing off against Steppenwolf, they go, nope, we need something bigger, and uh, they have a dormant. Um, deceased member of the superhero world who may or may not be able to turn the tide. Um, this film's a clusterfuck. It is. An, it is. Oh. It is. Abs- it's an absolute mess. It's just oh, a mess. God. Do you know it's what, though? Mess. Here's the thing. It made me think of. What did it, it make me you think, think of? It made me think. Of like the late nineties, early two thousands superhero movie climate, which was very small and there wasn't very much going on in it. It made me think this is what a superhero film would have been like had superhero films not been sort of killed off a bit in the late nineties. Yeah. Around that time. Because it does feel like they're just sort of going, throw in stuff that people will recognise visually. That's all we need. Um so it's full of you know, big grand shots of Batman's vehicles, even though, the, apart from the Batmobile, they're all vehicles that we've never bloody seen before. And look nope. Nothing like Batman-related stuff. Nope. They're um, very, very blandly designed. Yeah. Wonder Woman gets a ton of hero shots. Um, Can we just say know, before uh, anything else, Gal Gadot is the best thing in this movie. Hands down. Yeah, I completely just... agree. It, she is not the standout character that she was in Wonder Woman. Well, that's because this script doesn't seem to understand why that character was beloved in the previous installment. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't give her very much to work with, but she shines with what she's got. Oh, uh, yeah. Her in- her introduction, I think, might be my favourite scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once, it end- once it's in the building itself. <laughs> her stood on the bloody statue at the start of it made me go... I watched the Mark Commode review about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, and he-, he summed it up. He was just like, how did she get up there? How did no, she get there? How did she get up there? And why does she think that's a good vantage point <laughs> for, the, for the thing that's happening in the building beneath her? Like, why? What is this? It's it doesn't point. make any it's sense. Also, um, also. But once she entered the fight, I was like, okay, Wonder Woman in a modern setting. I like this. Yes. I also thought, is a re- weird little uh, weird little pro for the movie. I like that um, the the sort of religious extreme extremists, you know, the the, the terrorists in that yeah. scene were posh upper class white British men. Like it was yeah. kind of nice. It yeah. was kind of nice to see a filmmaker who's all about sort of very you know stereotypical macho. These are army. These are bad guys. These are good guys. Sort of sort of angle of Zack Snyder. Be like, yeah, let's not just do movie terrorists actually, because some... that's kind of offensive nowadays <laughs> do you know what I mean it's, he's like there are terrorists are not a specific race or religion let's have different terrorists Espe- for once especially in a world where actual real life white terrorists kind of get swept under the rug 
Yeah. Bloody. Um, so it's receiving text. Not now. I'm recording. Not now. Um, I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What was I saying? Yes. Uh, so that was cool. Like <coughs> the, the, just little things. Like okay. Do you know what? I'm gonna let's do some. Let's do some. Matt. Let's do something we don't normally do. What's that? Uh, we're in the non-spoiler section right now. Yeah. But let's simplify it. Let's okay. each let's let's each say a pro. And then we can each say a con. So let's go back right. and forth a bit. A pro. A pro of Justice Because I, I think people are going to be listening to this going, like, you guys are just biased. And I can understand why people would think that. Because we, we clearly have had a disdain for the majority of this I, output so I far. I will say one of the most frustrating things about this film is that there are germs of about five or six decent films in there. Yeah. That, are oh, just, God. that have just yeah. been mashed together. And it's all got lost in translation. So I can find, I can pick out some pros. Okay, let's. Uh, you know, in that case, darling, you go first. Give us a, give us, um, a, give us a pro, man. Give us a pro. I, I think approximately seventy-five to eighty percent of Ezra Miller's Flash stuff is pretty damn good, and I quite like that character. Okay, okay. Um, some of it falls flat, and when it falls flat, it falls really flat. But I like the majority of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, that's um. I, 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 I don't agree entirely. But like, yeah, there is stuff there that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, no, no, no. Save it for the con. Save it for the con. Okay, that was a pro. That was a pro. Yeah, save um, it for the con. Save it for the con. Uh, my pro. Give me a pro. A pro. pro oh, a pro. Um. Uh. Mild spoiler alert. We'll delve more into spoilers, but. If you've been missing a Superman who feels like Superman, you get at least ten minutes of that in the third act. Like, you get a Superman that feels more like Superman should do uh, for the first time in three movies. But I won't say too much more, um, lest people still not realise that the guy who's in all the promotional uh, interviews isn't in the movie. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, Actually, fuck this. Spoilers, no spoilers. Superman's in this movie, my dudes. Yes. Like, he, he's in he, this movie. <laughs> you know how you know he's in this movie? Because his symbol's on the fucking posters. Because Henry Cavill's <laughs> got second billing in the credits. That's why you know Superman's in this movie. Oh, this is Justice League movie? Superman's in this movie, everybody. Superman is coming back from the dead in this movie somehow. <laughs> Hit me with a con, Matt. Um... <laughs> The oh, all the all CGI slash mostly CGI characters look fucking abysmal. Mm-hmm. It looks so bad, and at least yeah. and, and neither of the two major uh, CGI characters needed to be CGI. Yeah, Cyborg could have been practical. Absolutely, and I it, think the the best he looks is when he's wearing civilian clothes. But he's got he's got the um the the Michael <clears throat> Bay Transformers problem of just being over designed. Yeah, like his his body proportion's slightly weird as well. Like yeah. he's got sort of his arms are slightly too long, and they've made his waist like scary thin. And it's like, what is this? Cyborg traditionally is a bigger, clunkier build. Yeah, like why not just stick to a human build that's a bit more on the clunky side? And also, um, you don't you can build a suit; you don't have to make CGI. Yeah, and while we're at it, Steppenwolf. Uh... Um, do you know my biggest problem with his, his CGI was more than anything um, the fact that. 
they've tried to make him look very humanoid in the face and everything. Like his, his he, he just looks like it's a human face covered in makeup, but made out of CGI. Yeah. And it doesn't remotely try to reflect the vocal performance Kieran Hines is giving it. No, not at all. So Kieran Hines will shout and Steppenwolf's face will look like he's just saying something. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't mind him being all CGI if he did what you do with the Parademons and his face wasn't just humanoid. Like if he was more exaggerated, like big brow, glowing eyes, like sort of, you know, sort of a bit of a, a, you know, tusk or an overbite or something. I'd be like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're going to make him look human, the least you could do is at least stick some dots on Kieran Hines' face in the recording booth. And get some of that performance. And get some of that performance, yeah. <laughs> and, and it made me realise, you don't really see that often in films nowadays, do you? Where a whole CGI character who's in it a lot isn't played with performance capture involved. You really don't no, see that no. anymore. So this stuck out like a you know an early 2000s kind of character. Um, it was, it was, oh God. Uh, and while we're at it then, uh, my first con, good sir, kind sir. Okay. Um, the plot of this movie, both the apocalypse stuff and everything, um, relies very heavily on you knowing the events of Batman v Superman. Um, and consider, considering and this, fi- oh yeah. In at least one case. Yeah. Um, explicitly contradicts the continuity of Batman versus Superman. Oh, which bit? Um, Cyborg's origins. Yeah, this implies that he was created like after those events. Yeah, doesn't it? And yet, in that, we see the bloody zip file of him being built. Yeah. Oh, for Christ's sake! Ugh. Um, that's the thing. This film is trying to tonally retcon this universe to be more fun and lighthearted. Um, which would be fine, but it doesn't work in context of the larger series. Yeah, the fact that it's it's part two of something that was so polar opposite to that. It, it, it's weird. It's so bloody weird. Towards the end of this movie, I was thinking, you know what? If, if this had been the first Justice League movie, and th- this had been introducing all these characters... Yeah. Then with a slightly tweaked script, this could have been pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. If we if we'd have had Man of Steel, yeah, just to set up Superman, and then what you do is you 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 the second one is like one of these guys reaches out to him and is like, "Hi, we need to talk." Like we want to know that you're because I mean there you go. Instead of Batman v Superman, the first movie could have been the Justice League going like, "Right, who is this guy? Is he a threat?" Like, yeah, what is he? We need to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, and there's your conflict because that's something that's something films can't bloody resist. And I think I think Marvel's Avengers started this uh, unwillingly, uh, unwittingly. Avengers Assemble has the sort of obligatory superheroes teaming up for the first time scene of them not getting on and fighting. Yep. So you have you have the the, the Captain America Iron Man Thor fight, um, and then obviously the Hulk's like a powder keg. So there's the scene where they haven't take him on and everything. Um, but then obviously the next time, well, Marvel has a fight with the Hulk again in Age of Ultron with the Hulkbuster drama, and then Civil War is about a discourse between the heroes' ideologies and what side of a debate that they're on, and they have to fight. They're not fighting to the death or anything, but you know they're having to to stop the others from achieving one thing and la la la. Um, so Batman v Superman was a movie just about two of them trying to beat each other to death. Yeah, and then this movie. 
even has another scene, a sort of a forced scene of, oh, the heroes have to fight a hero that had some cool moments in it. But ultimately it was like, what was the point in that? Considering how quickly it wraps up afterwards. So what was the point? Uh, it just seemed really pointless. And also, um, I think Red Letter Media pointed out, that scene took place at night in the trailers. Um, really? And was de- yeah, and it was definitely, there's the shot of Flash bounding backwards and sort of like, you know, his hands on the ground. And then he gets back up and runs in. And that's at night time. Uh, it was shot in the day because it contains that that photo of the four of them, the four of the teams stood on yeah, the, the yeah. monument steps. But it would have been, been shot for day for night anyway, probably. Yeah, but like in a way where you're like, well, what was the point then? <laughs> like, just yeah, just shoot it at night. Like, <laughs> I feel like this. I feel like a lot of this movie was sort of shot, change, change back, mm. reshot. Well, that scene definitely existed in the first version because Cavill was um, whole uh, in that scene for some of it, not for all of it. Not for all, but for like the big action beats, he was. That was him. Like that was his whole face, which we'll get to in a minute. Give us a pro, Matt. <laughs> um, I I quite like Ben Affleck's grizzled, bitter, um, self-deprecating Batman. Hmm. I I liked most of Batman's stuff, which is because in a lot of the reviews I've seen, the sort of criticism of, of Ben Affleck, like he's sort of playing the whole thing with one eye on the exit. I quite liked his Batman. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. So, Fair I don't know. Is. What do I know? I liked Ben Affleck's Batman in this. Fair enough. I just think... Yeah, I, I, I I get what you mean. There is an element of the, um, of, of the sort of the, you know, the, the Justice League animated kind of thing of like, well, this is at least the third weirdest thing I've had to deal with this week. What have we got? Like, it's that kind of... And also, like... vibe just... of, like, he's an old hat at, at weird shit by and, now. And also, he's just tired. He's so tired. Yeah, and he should he should retired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he should be retired. That's for and sure. Then Di- and, and then Dick Grayson could be Batman, and it'll be fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> give me a pro, um, Chris. I think, given the material he was handed, and the fact that they didn't go into what could really be interesting for the character, I think Ray Fisher did a pretty good job as Cyborg. There was much better emotional bit story beat that could have been followed that they didn't go with, and I would like to have seen an actor like that tackle that stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, I came away from this going, do you know what? You were dealt a really sort of shitty, awkward hand. You did a half decent job with it, and I think a lot, a lot of why a lot, I think a lot of what did work about Cyborg when Cyborg worked was completely down to him. Yeah, I like Ray um, Fisher in this. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I didn't really care too much for Cyborg, but considering like I already am not that plussed about that character, plus the fact they didn't really give him much to work with, I think he did a damn admirable job, and I want to see him get more theatrical roles. Yeah, I'll um, go for that because it would suck if this was his his like first and last foray into cinema. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not sure we're going to be getting that Cyborg uh, solo movie off the back of this. No, uh... well, we nearly have done a bunch of the deleted scenes leaked online this weekend. And about four of them are cyborg ones. Yeah, I can believe that. One specifically being like a flashback to him pre-accident. Well, yeah, so. that was in one of the original trailers of him playing yeah. football. Yeah. 
So, so. butchered movie. They took off 15 minutes. Oh, butchered this should be movie. Fu- things we've cut to the fucking bone, but we'll get to that. Uh, my next. Okay, we'll do one more con each before we get into <laughs> spoilers, so we can really, yeah, we can really get our teeth into this shit. Um, <laughs> my my next con, my my last con before we go into spoilers is Jason Momoa and everything about him. Yeah, some reviews just, described it as it's like he's walked in from a different movie. And just, I I don't even want to see that movie. It's just <laughs> terrible. It's just all bad. <laughs> Nothing is good about any of it. Hey guys, what could hey, regular cinema goers have never read these books and that. Um Aquaman, what's he like? Oh, he's a, he's like a dickhead with long hair. Okay, what else? He's like a dickhead with long hair. He's just a dickhead with long hair. That's that's his character. He's a dickhead with long hair. That is it. Oh my god. He's just... Ugh. 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 And they sort of hint at a bigger story. They hint that he sort of... He he ran away from taking the throne. Yeah, because Mira's in this. Yeah, and and she's never identified. She's never identified. They meet for the first time. Here. Yeah, yeah. Here and it's uh, these characters right who over. have a big history in the comics and the source material, and she's not introduced properly. She's performed with a weird accent. What is Amber Heard doing with her voice? Oh, I don't know. She was sort of like trying to affect royal, like British royal, but was still American. It just... I, don't, I don't know what any of this was, but yeah. I'm going to say this. I hope James Wan's developed a more visually interesting language for uh, the underwater stuff for Aquaman. Yeah. Because that looked dull. Like, dull as pig shit. It's difficult to do action in a medium which slows everything down. Mm. Like, what be, un, being underwater slows everything to a crawl. So you want intense action with that. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, which is probably why there hasn't been a Aquaman movie before now. Because I know one's been in... They've been trying to do one for years. Same with Namor, mm. I think. Well, speaking of things that don't work... My final con before we go into spoilers involves the weirdest bit of uh, correction I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> ever. Um, so we covered this on the show before. Oh. Hen- Henry Cavill, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's not wrapped because during the press for Justice League, he still had like. No, because production um, was production was paused because uh, Tom Cruise was injured during a stunt. Okay, oh, so. okay, so it's been elongated and whatnot. But yeah, um, yeah. so um, Henry Cavill is in Mission Impossible Six, and he has a full mustache and sort of like a, a half-grown beard, as kind of like it seems to be the facial style, like facial hairstyle he's got for that movie. Yeah. And Justice League did extensive reshoots, some for you know personal unavoidable reasons, and others because the, the movie was getting basically completely retooled. Um, yeah. And that meant that they had to do reshoots that obviously weren't originally scheduled. So Warner Brothers went, Oi, Paramount, whoever it is, we need Cavill. And they were like, right, well, okay, look, let's let's move this around and move that. Okay, you can have him for like three weeks there. Like, you've got him for three weeks. You have him. He's yours. Great. Um, Oh, hang on. He's got facial hair. Can you shave that off? We just made time for you. We're not sacrificing anything else for you. Yeah. No. Like, you deal with that. We, you, our problem was helping 
like our problem, which we didn't even need to say yes to, was helping you find some extra time to film with him. We made that work. We're not doing anything else for you. Even though it probably would have cost Paramount much less to provide facial hair prosthetics for Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible 6. Yeah. Than it would have for digital artists to come in. But maybe Warner Brothers didn't spend that much money because, oh boy. Oh it boy. It certainly looks like they underpaid the animators. It's so weird. So for about 50% of his screen time, Henry Cavill's upper lip I'd argue more than that. The rest of his lower face, but definitely his upper lip is the most distinct, I think. I'd argue more Um, than that. I would say, like, at least 75% of his material has been reshot. Yeah. Judging off the amount of uncanny upper lip in this movie. Oh, it's horrible. It is so weird. Do you know what it looks like they've done? It looks like, on the set, what they didn't do was they didn't, like, slick his moustache back as far as they could along the bottom just so his lip would be exposed. Yeah. It looks like they just left it as was and then animated sort of a very had, basic yeah. upper lip that's had weird digital collagen injections. I had to guess where his upper lip was because yeah. it doesn't... Oh, and the movie l- opens with this. Yeah. <gasps> Do you know what else? Right, so so that, that scene was obviously never originally planned. That was shot during the reshoots because Cavill's been digitally altered on the, in the face. Yeah. The movie opens, everybody, minor spoiler alert, with some cell phone footage of a young kid and his mates filming Superman after he's performed a rescue of something at some point. And they ask him some questions. And he's, he's going to fly off, but he sort of stops. And he's like, all right. And he answers their stupid questions. And then the, the, the credits start. Um, and it's a cute little idea, if not for two things. One, I wonder if they added that during the reshoots specifically because of Spider-Man Homecoming's opening. Like I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if a studio mandate was people loved what they did with that. Like they've rebooted that over there. Do something like that. Do something like that. Have, have someone film him. Have a kid filming him at the start. Do you know what I mean? Just something like that to be like, see. Then everyone will go, oh, this is the tone now. La 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 la. la. Maybe, maybe um, not. Maybe not. I, 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 that's the thing though. Like I wouldn't. The amount of 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 of, of upper meddling in stuff before that is just sort of lifted because people, studio execs don't learn the right lessons. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, yeah. But the most offensive thing about it is that's the opening shot of the film, and the opening shot of the film features Uncanny Valley Superman on his own, the fo- sole focus in a vertical camera shot in the middle of a black screen. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is how... I mean, start as you mean to go on, and this is how you started. Okay. I think I know what I'm in for for the next two hours. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, Justice League is... It is not a great film, considering it's the first film adaptation of the Justice League of it's, America. It's not even a good film. It's, it's not, a it's not film. even a competent film. It has flashes of brilliance, but they are flashes. Yeah. They are there, and then they are gone. Um, it's tonally deaf. It could work as a reboot button for this franchise were it not so reliant on you knowing and having watched the previous movie in the series, Batman v Superman. Um, because it means that all the course correction just feels false. It feels sickly and gross. Yeah. Like they've got, it's like, it's like, it's like this smacked around the face and then you've not seen them for 20 minutes. Then they come back and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. How are you doing? And they're not apologizing. But they're acting really nice. They're buying you an ice cream. And oh, we're having a great time. You're like, you slapped me in the face before. I'm not going to forget that. You should probably say something. You're not going to say something about it? Okay, no. Cool. All right. Yeah. It just feels gross and uncomfortable. 
yeah. because of that. I'm not saying Batman v Superman physically assaulted me. <laughs> it mentally did. So <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. How about you, Matt? Would you would you recommend people go to see this or No, or... do not no? go and see this. Because <laughs> it's not even got the train wreck sort of fascination level that Batman v, v, uh, v Superman had where you just kind of wanted to see it just to see how bad it was going to get. It's <laughs> it's it's just boring. Yeah. It's boring and it's incoherent and just a jumble of nonsense and th- what little redeeming stuff there is in it is not enough to excuse its two-hour runtime, which feels more like double that. Mm. Oh, God. Let's get into spoilers. <sighs> yeah, so, let's do let's do this thing because I've got some things to say. Uh, rude things? Uh, no, not necessarily. Kinky things. Uh, in betwinky things. In betwinky things. We got. I've got some in betwinky things to say. Um, <laughs> okay, so spoiler warning for Justice League at this point. If you haven't seen Justice League and you care about spoilers, go watch it. Don't go watch it though, because it's fucking terrible. Just listen to us talk about it. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Should we start with minor quibbles and then yeah, just build? Yeah. Okay. So they're talking about resurrecting Superman with a mother box, which in itself is treated like just a. Oh yeah, no. Oh, we should do that. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, I'm not sure about this. No, we should do it. Ten minutes later, they've done it. Yeah. Um. They dig up. They dig up Superman's <clears throat> corpse. And resurrect him. They, they in a method in a method that ninety percent only makes sense if you saw the previous movie, which they're trying to distance themselves from. Oh yeah. Um, but the thing that really annoyed me about that scene is Aquaman's like, nah, like when you come back, you lose something. It's like, yeah, when you die, you lose something. Could be your soul, could be your mind. I'm like, how do you know? What? Why? Why are you imparting wisdom? That do you have? Have you have you resurrected someone before? Anything? Like, are you gonna? I mean, surely, surely, if you want to give this to a character, like maybe Batman could have a moment of caution and make a sort of a, a nod at the Lazarus pits or something. Mm-hmm. Like, considering apparently he's already had all the adventures I'd actually like to see in a film. Um, but no, Aquaman's talking. Aquaman's spouting out this wisdom and advice. Then there's no explanation as to why he would know that. Yeah, it's like what all the characters. What? All the characterizations to a lesser or greater degree are inconsistent because, hmm. as we've discussed, a bunch of this movie was reshot and retooled and jammed together at the last minute. Um, hmm. But none more so than Aquaman's. Oh, but he gets his character moment where he admits that he's actually kind of frightened and that's why being in a team is good and this, that, the only... Oh, he sat on, he sat on the lasso of truth. Ha, ha, ha. Hang on. We've not had any development for him at all apart from this moment. <laughs> <laughs> we're treating it like a joke yeah so, oh for christ's sake cyborg at least said booyah which did what the john williams and danny elfman uh superman and batman themes respectively did in the film reminded me of a better thing with these characters <laughs> in. and they were barely there like they were there and it was weird and sort of jarring was well, like cyborg you never saying... saw the full grandioseness of oh, those yeah. themes but, but like cyborg going booyah it was given a hero shot yeah, and as a fan of the Teen Titans animated show from the two thousands, I was like, I appreciate that. But everyone sat around me, apart from maybe a couple of people. I looked around the cinema at that moment because I was curious, and there's a big mix of people there. Small, it was a small screen of about um, sort of about two hundred seats, and I'd say about a hundred of them were full. 
yeah. Saturday mornings. There was lots of families and stuff. I think mine was about um, three quarters full, but it was a Friday night. So yeah, there, there was there was about two other people who were sort of smiling when he said "booyah," and I was like, either they are just really enjoying this movie, in which case more power to them, or they are also Teen Titans fans, and they went, "Oh, cool!" He said the thing from the show. Um. But it totally made no sense. No, I think it's like you've not, you've not. This has not been a character who would say something like that for the entire movie. Why has he just said that? It would have made more sense if there was a flashback of him doing something like I don't know, playing football and 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 getting a touchdown and saying "booyah", booyah. and yeah. like seeing him in, in these like of like happier pre-accident self, and then remembering it with this scene at the end where he he, he starts to come into that into his old self a bit more and. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like my favorite, my favorite cyborg moment was after him and Superman like managed to pull the mother boxes apart, and they were just sort of joking a bit because yeah. it hurt. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's the Justice League. Yeah, here they are for like two seconds. And for then two seconds, there was a couple of moments where like I was like, oh, this feels like one of the animated shows or whatever brought to life. There was a couple of moments like that. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, was it when the Batman theme played? No, no, nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. It was. Specifically, two moments with uh, Superman. The first was when they broke the mother boxes apart, and then he's lying there. And he's like, "Oh, I take it back. I wish I was dead." And like, he's just joking with Cyborg. And it was this really nice moment of, "Oh, we saved the day, but boy, did that hurt." Oh, it was just like that was great. Yeah. And the bit where Superman and Flash were trying to evacuate people. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you saw Flash, like you know, like speed force that truck out of the way. And then look to his right, and Superman's lifting an entire apartment block full of people and placing it down. That's it was like, good. oh look, there's two moments that feel like something out of Justice League the animated series. Um, but I just that's the thing, isn't it? This movie was full of just little bits that made you go, oh. But I think we're so attuned now to fan wank, yeah, that we can tell they're just doing it to try and get you back on board. This movie could cannot survive on the things it gets right because it gets so so much wrong you can't live on references alone no 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 a, re- a reference should be just that just a tip of the hat and no, there you go no amount of of green lanterns in flashbacks can excuse wasn't that so weird wasn't that really jarring it was strange really... i mean i hated that flashback already because it was implying that like a few hundred or a few thousand years ago there was a giant space age battle on a field somewhere that was so ginormous with millions dead and all this. And it's like, I'm sorry, based on your movies so far, specifically the first one, Man of Steel, yeah. and Wonder Woman for that matter, in terms of talking about like uh, what they talk about in this, about you know her being relatively sort of underground for a century. Yeah. Based on this world you've introduced to us, uh, that shit didn't happen, did it? Don't lie. Don't tell us that there was a giant war and that there isn't any carvings or or textbooks about it or anything. Like, no. Bull- well, there's the Atlantean shit, shit ones up. in Iceland. Yeah, but that's just chicken scratch on a wall. Yeah, and it's well, specific- yeah. it specifically has him in it, which means that, like, people are just drawing it for him. So it's like, well, who's drawn the mother boxes then? I mean, he's obviously done it, hasn't he? Oh my god, there's plot holes unfurling before my eyes. Oh as we god, talk about yeah, it. it's just it's nonsense. like he would have drawn that because they don't know about Atlantis. They just know that a guy shows up like every year, delivers a bunch of fish, looks after him for a bit, and then buggers off. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, can we talk about the opening scene? Yes, please. Which was kind of cool briefly until it ended, and I was like, "I'm sorry, 
Did Batman just leave the thief on the roof with the stuff he was stealing? Yeah. Yeah, that's why what happened. He, why would he do that? He's not chasing after something at the end of that scene. He's got some information, then he just leaves. Like, there's a criminal there. A criminal you were stopping. You mean you just stopped the criminal so you could attract the parademon? Yeah, but he was and, all tied and, up, though. And so why are you attracting right. the parademon? Because they said, like, oh, they've been popping up more often recently and they attract to fear. So you knew that that exact moment would cause a parademon to appear. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't like, know. There wasn't, there wasn't a pattern to them. The movie spends ages saying there isn't a pattern. They just keep showing up. And they've been kidnapping people. And then we find out they've been kidnapping people so that they can ask them if they've got where they know where the mother box is. But why would random people know where the mother box is? Because they don't they don't capture um uh, uh what's it Doctor Stone and the janitor from that facility because they know the mother box is there. Like they're looking for it. Like you see, Parademon's looking for something. But the other people that were kidnapped weren't from that facility. They were just randoms. Uh, they never explain it. They looked like scientists. Well, well, well they've, been, they've been picked. It was like one picked up in in London and one picked up in. in oh, and yeah. you're like, you're like, well, why would they know? Like, and also here's a, here's an idea. Instead of snapping their necks after twenty seconds of them being, please don't kill me. Maybe maybe keep them around so you can ask them some questions. I mean, yeah, you were trying to motivate the others to talk, but none of them were doing it. So, oh god. Wasn't really working, was it? Also, you're, you're a little more clued upon your DC. Uh, only a little. Um, who's the mother he keeps referring to? God knows. Because I was like, is it? Because this is all I know of Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is one of like the emissaries of Darkseid. Yeah. Darkseid is the ruler of Apocalypse, like yeah. basically hell, the planet. Yeah. Um, uh, people that they kill become their undead legion, the Parademons. Yeah. There's. Uh, the, the, there's some fucked up hierarchy they're like dark sides in charge but there's people like Desaad and granny goodness and and one of them is is um steppenwolf steppenwolf is dark side's uncle um uh, yeah i think so and he's in servitude to dark side simply because dark side's the more powerful but he doesn't like it and he would love to overthrow him one day everyone would love to overthrow dark side yeah in this steppenwolf is after three MacGuffins that will turn Earth into hell. And he keeps talking to Mother through the boxes because they're called Mother Boxes. We learn nothing We learn nothing more. We learn absolutely nothing more. But based on the previous movie, this is the ding, 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 ding. The bell has been rung. This is that. Like, Superman's been killed. There's stuff out there that's going to come here now. So the prophecy's over. So, where do you go from here? What was the point? And also, um, Steppenwolf keeps mentioning that there's no Kryptonian any- anymore. But yeah. if does that mean the Kryptonians fought with the new gods before? What, before their before Krypton was destroyed? So, well, I was going to say, well, if that's the case, then they would have had to have fought them on like Earth to oh. know, yeah, like, or, or at least Yellow Sun planets. Oh God, makes no sense. Uh, no, no, it doesn't make any sense. Oh God! It makes literally no sense. Oh, um, God. just like the constant cutbacks to a Russian family, which does eventually get a payoff. Well, that's it just the thing. Seems so out of place. When they first did it, I was like, I, I just I remember sitting there and being like, okay, that was oh, Superman's going to save them, isn't he? 
Superman's going to save them, or something like someone is going to come in at the last minute during the third act and save that family. Yeah. And then it came back to them like two or three times. And, oh, look, she's picked up the bug spray to defend herself from these things that don't look like bugs. Why did everyone keep calling them bugs? Yeah, they don't look... They have, they've got like a jetpack that looks like wings. Like, that's that's it. Are they actually not... wings? I think they're actually wings. I think they've actually well, got the, the, beetle wings. Okay. But it's just like the whole... Everyone's like, oh, these bugs. Oh, bugs. Oh, I don't like bugs. And I'm like, they don't look like bugs. They look like, like freaking armoured ninja turtles. <sighs> Gargoyles. Yeah, yes, yeah. they look more like gargoyles. I don't know. The parademons looked cool. Like, they, they genuinely did look cool. It was nice to get a, a proper look at them in this movie. Um, and there's that brief shot of in in the flashback of someone transforming into one after being slain in battle, which was quite creepy. Yeah. Um, that entire sequence was such a lot of bollocks. Oh, look, there's Zeus, and there's a bit where an axe... Um, there's a bit where an axe hits Steppenwolf that is like the one that Ares is usually depicted. Well, Ares is in it because having... David Thewlis is credited. <clears throat> is he? Yeah. So they've shot some stuff with him and then not actually given him any close-up to make it significant. Yeah, I guess. Oh, Either God. that or we didn't spot it amongst all the shit that was going on. Because, gee whiz, there was so much shit going on. Oh, for Christ. But it's like in that, it's like the, the previous movie in the series, the same one, the, the one that was out the same year as this made sure that we knew that Zeus and all that stuff was really important focal point within, the, you know, these, these these movies. Yeah. And it shot like they're just extras in a fight scene in that flashback. Yeah. Like, like Zeus, they're, they're not given any hero shots, any majesty. The voiceover doesn't coincide with how important their part of the fight is. The Atlanteans are just like, this film's just like, oh, by the way, Atlantis exists. Yeah. That, that's how it treats it. And it's like, what? Are you... No, like no. If you can, right? Here's the thing. Do you know this movie? Oh, it should have left out Atlantis and all that stuff. Yeah, that should have been yeah. left out. Aquaman could have been in it, and you tease that there's more going on than just a fish man. Rather than rather than having yeah. a scene in it with characters who are not named, which raises more questions than it answers. Yeah, um, you know how I said Batman v Superman uh, suffered from having no establishing shots. Yeah. This movie was just establishing shots. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I noticed because we kept location hopping so much that in the end, I was annoyed by establishing shots because I was like, just stay in one place for 10 minutes. Please, for the love of God, just stay in one location. Oh my God. Um, Speaking of things that were wasted in BVS that are wasted here, uh, Amy Adams better be being paid like the highest fee because they are wasting her talent completely. I, yeah that they just don't know what to do with her no no she's just there lois lane is just there yeah um she also must know who batman is now i'm assuming considering alfred picked her up um yeah one would one would suspect yeah um and diane lane does her best as as, as martha kent she gets one particularly really nice moment, like after he's back and she comes back to Kansas and just gives him like a big hug. It's like, is it really you? But it was the, it was a scene where I was like, I would rather see that in a follow up to this. Yeah, a, a Superman centric follow up to this, so that they can properly delve into the idea of of a mother having gone through grief, suddenly finding out her son is back, instead of it just being a twenty second moment. Um, also, 
how quickly can people travel in this world? I know they set up Metropolis and Gotham oh, are across man. the harbour from each other, but like you can't get from Metropolis to Smallville in half an hour. Like I just uh... <sighs> Superman fight the fight with Superman. A lot of reviews kept saying the first scene he's in is really cool, and it's it's a cool Superman scene. Um, I thought it was a fun scene, but it's not a cool Superman scene. Do, wait, do, do, do people just want evil Superman now? Is that is that what people uh, want? Do you think they meant the very very first scene of the movie, the phone interview? No, I think I think they're referring to when he first comes back because it's quote unquote badass. There's one bit in that scene that's really really good. There's oh, one yeah, moment. Uh, yeah, it's the 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 the, the slow motion moment. Yeah. It's when of, it's when it's when he's and not the Zack Snyder sees. slow motion moment, guys. The uh, the moment in the story where it's slow motion for a reason other than yeah. to look cool. As Flash is running phenomenal. past him, and he he to, he moves his eyes and sees Flash, and Flash mm. sees that he sees him. That's yeah. great. That's yes. brilliant. But that then was the really, re- really very very cool. The rest because the look on Flash's face boring. is just like. Oh my god! Because we don't know how long he's been the Flash, but he's obviously been doing this long enough to know no one is like him. And then suddenly, yeah. this person can see him when he's moving at top speed. Um, but then they play Superman's theme during their punch up, but it's like, what? Yeah, it's really weird. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I hate like the so themes. much of this movie. I hated the themes being used. Yeah, didn't like them at all. Even the Batman one, because it was it was undercut by the fact that Gordon was looking up at Batman on a gargoyle about five, six feet above where he was stood through some bits of paper on a washing line. Um, Like, what was that shit? And then he jumps down in a way that looks like a gorilla, like, leaping off of a platform. And already stood where he jumps is Wonder Woman and Flash. So it's like, why is Gordon looking up at the dude he sees every other week Um, when there's these two other people stood like, four feet from him as well like what what is that but oh they played the theme though right and the thing and is they, they kept playing that the theme not only got replayed it was woven into the score during the batmobile stuff in the third act yeah oh god that was horrible um oh. my my main problem with a lot of this stuff that scene probably looked great when they originally shot it but then when they went in post and turned all the colours <laughs> right, right up... They, they cranked the saturation It up. just looks yeah. cheap. Like, oh, And they've done God. that through so much of this movie that it just looks really, really cheap in places. Mm. And it's I, they look like sets. They yeah. look like setty, setty sets. Setty-ass sets. Setty-assy sets, 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 sets. Like, they look like theatre sets. Yeah. And, like, not to yeah. disparage the work that theatre scene builders do, but... No, that but like when you're on camera, for, there's yeah. a certain there's a certain level of like all encompassing realism you need to achieve to sell people that they are actually in that room. Yeah, that stuff's not built for film, and it looks this stuff doesn't look like it was built for the amount of light that's in this movie. Um, <laughs> they were clearly shot very underlit and then turned right the fuck up. A lot of this stuff, um, just ah. Uh... <laughs> it's just bad. It's really bad. Shall we um, talk briefly about the two stingers and then move on to emails? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, the first stinger, I'm going to say it now, the, the mid-credits scene. Yeah. It was so close to being something that I actually really liked. Yeah. But the uncanny valley upper lip 
just kept pummeling my brain in. It's just so distracting. It's so distracting. And here's so the thing. Here's the thing. I'd be interested to ask somebody who didn't know about that what they thought of the movie. Yeah. Because I've, yeah. I've seen at least one tweet where someone went, um, have they done something to Henry Cavill's face? Because it looks weird. Yeah. And I assume that's someone who, you know, obviously just didn't know about the stuff. But I, I'd like to see more because we we were obviously, we, we went in looking for it because we were like, we knew it happened and we're curious. We didn't have to look got... very hard. That's the thing. We were curious as to how they got around it. It was like, oh, it was more, when we went into the movie, it's more a case of, oh, I wonder which shots they had to do it in. It was like most of them. Most yeah, of Henry Cavill's stuff. You leave the movie going, oh my God, half of his face wasn't real for most of this film. Like, what is going on? Um, but, uh, but like, the, the scene itself was nice. Basically just Flash has dead Superman. He said, like, right, come on, we'll have a race. I want to know who's fastest. Well, let's have a race. Like, just I just want to find out. And Superman sort of treat it like, okay, you silly kid. All right, fair enough. And they make a daft little bet. Um, but that final shot of them looks hilarious. Ezra Miller can't run. He looks like he's skating. He, doesn't he? he? Yeah. He doesn't look like he's running like a normal person. No. Um, but not... So glad I'm not alone in that. Um, but not only that, the last freeze frame is him in a weird run pose and Cavill looking like he's having a shit. <laughs> How appropriate for this movie. Oh my god, I was just so distracted. Um yeah, did you like that did you like that bit? I thought it was thought it was alright. I thought it was, it was a, I thought it was a neat little moment, yeah. But yeah, neat, like neat little nod neat little nod to a pre established sort of um, friendly rivalry in but the un- comics. Undercut by it being just fucking horrible looking that i mean that looked like it was on green screens as well it was in the middle of a field on a path yeah and it looked like it was on a green screen yeah because it probably was they probably did it in a back lot in five minutes oh, and, imp- and probably improv the whole thing yeah christ alive but but that was the that was the throwaway frivolous um scene what about the post credits Really, really important, guys. Please make sure you stick around. Scene. Would you oh, care to explain to mean, us what the you mean fuck the tease for a sequel that's never going to happen? Oh god, the tease for a sequel that suggests a sudden escalation for one character for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to sort of describe what so, happens, just in case any um any people are listening who don't care about spoilers uh, and who haven't seen the movie and just want to. It, just want to get a sense of it. Um, it opens in the same prison uh, we see at the end of BVS where Lex Luthor is. And the cell's been evacuated and Lex Luthor won't come out of his cell. And he turns around and it's not Lex Luthor! It's a random shock, cackling shock, shock, man shock, with shock. terrible eyebrows. Um, so, cut to a yacht somewhere. Like a big-ass uh, yacht. Like yeah. in, uh, I think they're implying it to be international waters, but it's like just off the coast of a city, so it can't be. Um... <laughs> Uh, I thought that too. And a speedboat pulling up to it, and off the speedboat gets Deathstroke! In complete costume. In full costume. Looking kind of terrible. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he's, it, going, he's going to a meeting and he showed up in all of his armour. And it's actual <laughs> Lex Luthor has it is summoned him and the real Lex Luthor's on the boat and he's like, oh, you're great. Like, why don't... Don't you think it's time we had a league of our own? (laughs) 
<laughs> few questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, why has Luther kept his bald head? Um, because he was sh- he was he was shaved. The, the way the film tried to be like, and this is why he's bald, was because they shaved him when he entered prison. Because this was um, probably written to be like, um, so like minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> even, no, even though it's several months later, because like they've been trying to get hold of the other guys for this amount of time. Superman's been dead a while. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> and while, <we're>, yeah, oh God. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so it's like, oh, so that implies that the prison shaves everyone's heads routinely then. Except the other prisoners that were leaving weren't bald. Um, Considering we got the news that Joe Manginello was Deathstroke from the Justice League shoot, I would imagine that this was originally part of a larger subplot. Like there was, was another there was yeah. another bit with Deathstroke. Yeah. When, when this was two movies. Yeah, oh, agreed. Or um, when it was a longer movie. I'm happy for him that he has actually got the part, which means that he did some lovely um, deflection earlier this year when people yeah. were like, so hang on, you might not be involved in the Batman or whatever. Like, are you involved in these movies now? And he was like, I'll be honest, I don't know. It's completely up, up in the air with those guys. I'm, I'm, here if they, I'm here if they need me, was basically what he said, knowing full well that, yeah, I totally shot a scene. <laughs> like, but also, doesn't, doesn't that I shot bit, at least one scene. Doesn't that hair and beard look a bit shit? It looks awful. Do you know why? Because they didn't grey him, they just coloured it white. Yeah, and it if looks grey. Really... It looked fine, almost as if, like the rest of this movie, it looks really cheap. <laughs> but that's what he looks like in the comics, so we have to make him look like that. No, no, you don't. You don't. So but you do. So but you don't is, need to. Is Lex? But here's the thing as well. They did it in a way where it's sort of like, as the audience are expecting you to know who he is. Yeah. People who haven't read the books have no idea who that is, so they'll be you, like, yeah, who's, this, who's, this, who's, who who's this metal is. Power Ranger Deadpool motherfucker that you only know Lex Luthor's having a meeting with? If you already know who Deathstroke is. Yeah, and even even with me knowing who Deathstroke is, I'm like, so what, Luther's going to hire him to try and take on an alien, an Amazon, like, what? Yeah, I don't know. No, that's not... No! <laughs> Like, it would make more... Do you know what would be more of an exciting tease? Genuinely. What's that? If the scene ended with, like, Luther meeting with Deathstroke or someone and being like, all right, so, you know, the hero... Like, these big heroes, they're all got together and they're all buddies and chummy-chummy. And I can't stand... I'm not standing for that. I'm not, like, two... You know, I want two of them... At least two of them dead already. Mm-hmm. So I thought... Fight fire with fire, why not start a league of our own? Have the door of the ship open up, like the, you know, the back of the thing into a meeting room and sat around that table, you at least had Yeah, drums please. Yeah. You at least had Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joker and Deadshot. Yeah. Cause then I'd go, Oh. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, surprise cameos, here they are. Because then you'd be like, right, that's how you get my interest. Because if you're implying the next story for these characters is going to be a film where you chuck the Justice League and the Suicide Squad into a story, despite hating their individual movies, I'd be interested to see that premise. I'd wait for the trailer (laughs) to find out if it's going to be any good. But if you were like, oh, look, these films are genuinely connected and... I'm hiring a shit ton of people who are good at killing people to help me try and kill these people. 
that I'd be like, okay, I bite. Let's see. Um, but yeah, like no, here's a guy you've not met before. And we're not going to tell you who he is. Yeah, and and for those of you who know who he is, you know that he's not going to do this because he's on my side. He's going to do it because I'm going to pay him a lot of money. So yeah, it, it it isn't revenge, so it doesn't matter. It's so fucking stupid. It's um, about a Deathstroke's riding in a freaking like uh, like a, like a, a, a motorboat to get to the yacht in his full bloody costume, and then when he gets there, Luther's got like two bodyguards sat either side of the deck. And there's a lady like sat having a drink, and there's a lady in a bikini in a hot tub, and they're all stat or stood statically, like they're purposely there. They've been like, right, you go there, you go there, you go there, you go there. Cool. And action. If you know, but he's done that because this Lex Luthor is such a peacock that he probably has done that specifically to look cool. <laughs> That's probably why he's kept the bald head. Oh my god. Oh, do you know? Do you know who I? Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I missed Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. Why I, is that? Because I wanted to at least see a villain who was interesting in some way. Like, he's terrible, but Steppenwolf was boring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Steppenwolf I would ra- was I like would rather have had terrible. Levels of boring. Yeah, I would rather have had terrible instead of boring. Yeah. I feel um, you. I feel you. Especially, especially because they imply that Luther knew about some kind of oncoming plot, and that deleted scene in Batman v Superman or whatever shows like him communing with Steppenwolf. I think he's like, like watching old historical things. I'm not sure. It's so weird. I don't know. Oh God, I don't. I don't want. I don't want there to be another film in this series solely because I don't want to have to go and see it. Yeah. Um just if they if they're smart, they'll finish Shazam and we'll hopefully have at least a good Shazam movie if not a, a great one. And then they'll just make Wonder Woman sequels from now till the end of time. That'd be nice. That'd be great. Bring the other characters along for the ride if you want. Have them pop up. Great. There you go. Here they are, guys. Enjoy. Oh god. Oh, Matt. Take my mind off Justice League, Matt. I can't. Why? Because the this email is about Justice League. Oh, tits. This comes in from Other Dave. <laughs> Everybody's dead, Other Dave. And he says, hi, Big Damn Cast. So, Justice League was a film. Not a terrible <laughs> film, but not a good one either. I don't know, I think it kind of was terrible. Um, full disclaimer, <laughs> I've not seen any of the previous DCEU films on account of all Ooh. of them. On account of all of them, bar one getting extremely divisive receptions. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so I may have been slightly underprepared going into this film, but I knew most of the basics. Superman dies at the end of BVS. Steve Trevor dies at the end of Wonder Woman. So I never felt that lost as to what was happening during the film. But it was boring. <laughs> okay. So when it was an actual Justice League film and all the characters were assembled, it was well not good exactly, but at least tolerable. Tolerable. But it took <laughs> so long to get them together with pointless scenes of Cyborg saying he won't join, only to join in like the very next scene. What's the point? Why are you dragging it out for so long? But yeah. I think the movie's low point was when the League resurrected Superman and their following fight, and then the emotional scenes between him and Lois Lane. I'm not sure if I was supposed to find these scenes funny, but the rushed CGI backgrounds and terrible moustache cover-up effects were just so misjudged and treated with such sincerity I couldn't help but laugh. 
Oh, and when did Superman fight the Justice League? Why did Superman fight the Justice League when he first came back? Other than it's a set piece, because it never had any relevance to anything. It was just kind of there as a sequence that might as well happen since they had the no, no, no. to make it. No, no, no. Other Dave, other Dave, you don't understand. When you die, you lose something. Mm, uh, but then you get it back information. As, soon as, you, as soon as you see your ex. A cornfield um, for half an hour. Which, which, uh, that kind of sums <laughs> up a lot of this. As soon as you stand in a cornfield for 30 minutes, you come back to normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After ha- kidnapping a woman. Horny McVillain face was fine, I guess. He was functional enough as functional enough as a big CGI thing for them to fight, but like most of this movie, it's been done before and better in the past few years, and it doesn't bring anywhere near enough new things to the table to justify its existence. It was mostly harmless, but utterly pointless. Mm, um, wow! And, that, wow! Anyway, that is probably a re- that's a solid. That's a solid Justice League summary. Review. Um, mostly harmless, but utterly pointless. That's brilliant. Anyway, I have two questions for you. Sorry about the length of my email. That's perfectly fine. Um, number one, my screening of Justice League was practically empty, and I saw it the day after release. Were your screenings that busy? And if not, what do you think has put people off? Um, I saw it on opening night in a busy cinema in the Greater Manchester area, and it was about three quarters full, and it was an evening. It was a Friday evening showing, so, you know. Um, I'd be interested to see if it's dropped off, but I don't want to go and see this movie again, so I don't really want to find out. Um <laughs> I think yeah, I saw it in um I sorry I I saw it in a in a mostly a mostly packed cinema but it, again sort of small screen Saturday morning family audiences but I'll tell you this as soon as the credits rolled ninety five percent of the screen left oh yeah, yeah people yeah. didn't stick around they were just they were off um which which says two things like one either they weren't aware that there was a bit more to watch which, which is fair that enough hasn't really been in these DC movies like yeah which is fair enough um. Because the movie doesn't do what like Marvel does, for example, where it gives you a visual stimuli to encourage you to stick around briefly. Oh yeah, like the animated those... sequences, yeah, yeah, which are absolutely beautiful. And some of the some of the best visual work for each of those movies is is watching what those animators have done to to craft that end section. Um, uh, this film's just like it starts with like the unit unit director credits and things like that. And you're like, oh, oh, like halfway through the credits, what's going on? Yeah. And then it keeps going up, um, and uh, there's that. So it's either because they didn't know there was more scenes to come or because they just wanted to get out of there. Do you know what I mean? And, and there wasn't much yeah. excitement. I think there was one gag in the movie where people laughed a bit. I think it was something the Flash said at one point. And that was kind of it. So Yeah, and there were a couple of laughs at some Flash moments in, in my screening, but nothing like it. It felt like the most of it just fell flat. I was yeah. bored. I was so bored. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh, uh, the person behind me like let out a really dirty chuckle when Wonder Woman snapped Batman's arm back into place. Okay, that fair was, enough. That was, that was kind of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they thought I was particularly dirty, but fair so, enough. So um, why do, why do you think people aren't going then? Like, what, um, what, what do you think that might be? Is, is it the is it the reputation of the previous movies, or is it is it fatigue? Is it too soon after Thor Ragnarok? Maybe. I think there's an awful lot of negative press surrounding this movie and this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um and the toxic reactions to BVS and uh, Suicide Squad, both on the side of of the critics slamming them and the people stepping up to defend movies that they have no stake in, yeah, in sort yeah. of toxic ways. Um, I think it's just there's just a cloud, there's a shadow hanging over this franchise now, and mm. I don't know that Warner Brothers can shake that necessarily. Certainly no. not with this movie because it's god awful yeah um 
Question the smartest two. thing, to, the smartest thing to do would be just make Wonder Woman movies because people enjoyed that. They really yeah. dug it. Like make a couple more of them, and then if you want, have another stab at some iteration of your DC characters. But just leave it. Like Harry Potter's been and gone. You're carrying on with. Oh my god! Even Fantastic Beasts has got a weird cloud over it now. Like you see the reaction to the the image coming out this week and the title and everything. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, a lot of people are changing it to the Crimes of Johnny Depp and yeah. like. It's just oh god! Like no one's looking forward to it. Like there's 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 the hardcore who are like, oh my god, I can't wait! But everyone's just going, this just just doesn't look like I'll give a shit. Yeah. So I think Warners are at panic stations, and instead of retreating briefly and coming back with something really strong, they're just going to keep churning out like DC movies in the so. hopes that it'll work. And it's like no, no, no. It's, they're all playing catch up to something that didn't do it the way they all think it should be done yeah and it's it's so odd it's so so odd it's very <sighs> strange yeah yeah um second question is the post credit scene hinted at a legion of doom movie uh i don't think it's hinted at that so much as like the fact that legion of doom will be a thing in a justice league sequel um do you think it will ever get made and what if it does what would you want slash not want it to be like i want it to be good and I don't want it to be terrible, and I don't think we'll ever get made. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 something there. There's something in there again, like a flash of a really good idea. We've not seen a superhero movie so far, really, that has been a team of supervillains versus a team of superheroes. Yeah. Um, in in a big live action way that spectacle wise looks fun. I'm trying to think of if there's ever been anywhere it's a bit of a group thing, but not really. Is there? The not closest really. you've come is the Batman sequels where it was a duo of villains versus Batman and Robin. Yeah, but that's still like two dudes in, in capes fighting two dudes in suits. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. That's the closest it's... thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, Civil War to a point, but obviously there's no villains like in the melee. Yeah. Like, if they just straight out went like, right, the next movie is going to have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Flash and Cyborg, like, fighting um, Luther, uh, Deathstroke with a bunch of, you know, like, him and Luther with a bunch of, like, tech mechs or whatever, like, Cheetah, um, freaking, I don't know, like, you know, Clayface. And, reverse Flash. And, and Reverse Flash, whatever. I'd be like, oh, that could be visually interesting if someone else directs it. I wonder what that could look like. But, but it's the, not going to get made because this movie's no. going to fucking bomb. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Cinema, la 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 la. Yeah, there's there's no end to that song because there's no end to the never-ending hell that is the decisions that are being made. Well, Chris, let's let's put Justice League to bed and not speak of it again until the end of year show, probably. Let's not speak of it again unless some news comes out during the week uh, about the box office that's interesting that we bring up next time. Let's not speak of it again. When do you think Ben Affleck's going to quit? <laughs> Imminent. Apparently they're eyeing Jake Gyllenhaal, but maybe we'll 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 see if anything comes of that. Oh god! Oh god! You just... too could have a Jake uh... Gyllenhaal Batman. Just give, just take me to the alternate universe where John Hamm's Batman and it's all camp and brilliant. Please, yeah, all right. I'd I'd love I... to do that. Quick, like... let's let's hop in my in my John Hamm time machine. 
Oh, cool. And we'll go to that strange dimension. <laughs> Your John Ham specific time machine. My John Ham time machine, which searches out the best of all possible ham worlds. But oh, brilliant. Let's, as, let's we, in- as Chris and I embark <laughs> on our wonderful and strange ham voyage, please remember that, as always, you can reach us at Big Damn Cast <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, bigdamncontact at gmail.com please send us well wishes and messages while we explore the many dimensions of the wonders of John Ham. in this world John Ham was Batman in this world John Ham was Superman in this world John Ham was Batman and Superman and a cameo as Wonder Woman played <laughs> by John Hamm. No, I, I no. want to live there. Christina Hendricks. Oh, um... Eh, hot girl. Um, and not just because of the red hair. I just think she's she can do flighty quite well. Big bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Um, hey, like... if... If the new gods are in the DCEU now, does that mean we're getting Mr. Terrific? Uh, not Mr. Terrific, um, Mr. Miracle? <laughs> Probably not, I imagine. The, the escape I artist know. whose real name is Scott Free. Oh, God. Uh, well, oh, God. Separate from the DCEU, give me that movie. I'll be happy. New gods, new gods, new gods. <laughs> oh, God. At what point do you think we're going to discover that there's a secret fourth mother box in Kandark? Uh, Remember, Chris. For Dark Light! <laughs> <laughs>